My phone just randomly would not turn on this morning, and I did all the normal things you would try to do with a phone that won't turn on, um, but ultimately was forced to schedule an appointment at the Apple store, uh, where a man just like did a slightly different button combination uh, to do what he referred to as a hard reset. Although, traditionally, when I hear hard reset, I think erase the data and you know factory reset and it was not that so what the hell my phone's back now i had to waste my whole morning on it um so you know some other things got left to the wayside and the dog needs to go to the vet so um my lovely wife is doing us the favor of handling that but she needs a little help getting out the door uh so i am going to pause this podcast like 15 minutes in (laughs) so yeah it's been a weird morning how you doing I'm good. Is there such a thing as a soft reset or resets only? There's only regular resets and hard resets. Well, I think maybe a reg, what you're calling regular is, I don't know, dude. What what kind of question is that? <laughs> you never hear of a soft reset. That's all I'm saying. I feel like you do, but maybe not. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Lee, what, should we get into some culture? Yeah, please. Uh, let's talk about the challenge. That's it. Seems Just like the my right decision. Let's talk about the challenge. <laughs> uh, raise your hand if you're sick of Tori and Jordan sparring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not like hand shooting up. It's driving me crazy, but uh, I'm not sure there's any more use for it. How's that? I'm Team Anissa on this one. Mm-hmm. Like, figure it out, guys, because it doesn't. Right. It doesn't seem like, at least from the previews, that that's ending anytime soon either. No. No. And, you know, I sympathize with Tori because it, it Jordan's impossible. Calling her a terrorist was ridiculous and hilarious, um, but probably not to her, you know. Um, so I can understand how she is in a difficult spot because he persists in being deliberately an asshole and spiteful. That said... Yeah, it's um, it's about enough for the TV cameras. We have other things we could be doing. Yeah, and look, it is a difficult spot. But she also, like, hooked up with someone else on the show, right, at some point. Right. I mean, he wasn't there. I get the difference, but also that's a valid point, too. So, you know, again, you know, nobody's, nobody's innocent here. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> put it aside for a couple of minutes. Uh, I want to I want to give some props to Devin once again MVP of a challenge that he wasn't actually participating in um, this week, and then I guess we should talk about what appeared to be the fateful decision to help Fessy. 
Yeah, see, I don't think I can make him MVP of anything because it seemed like he, of all people, I would have thought Devin would know you don't help the other team. Well, that was, I don't, I didn't take that as Devin's call. Like, he was kind of the last person in on that. So his whole team was telling him to help him. He should never have gotten in. He should not have done it. <laughs> he t- I'm I'm really proud of myself that I wrote it down at the time. I'm like, oh, this is a really bad idea. You have no idea what these other events are and what kind of lead that you would need. And certainly at the point that they were at, it was like, what, 28 minutes or something like that was their lead when they decided to help? Like, Literally, your team is the underdog team in virtually any, you know, unknown competition you could come up with. The, the odds are tremendously against you in every single potential competition, you know, given that they're in a position where they don't know what the other competitions will be. In this one competition, perhaps the only thing, for some strange reason, because Devin should not by any right be that good at directing someone else to use a random-ass slingshot to shoot something 100 yards away. That's insane. Um, but he is. You have this unbelievable, shocking advantage. Yeah, you also and you also managed to get Fessy in the one thing that Fessy is clearly that's right. terrible at. That's right. So. And and he's suffering. Their best player is suffering. How can you not believe that there is a chance that some other competition could go equally poorly for you with three opportunities left? knowing you'll likely be the underdog going into every single one. I, there's no, I'm not even having that conversation before that lead is two hours. I was going to say, it would. I, that's so funny you said that. I literally was going to say it would have to get to at least two hours before I would even be comfortable talking about it. It's yeah. just, it's crazy. And that, you know, four or five times what they had might have been sufficient. But honestly, my perspective would probably continue to be Listen, if they can lose this badly to us, we can definitely lose this badly to them in something else. Yeah. And they might have it might have taken them two hours to figure out that last event, as it turns out. You know what I mean? They may never have been able to do it just yeah. based on who was there. Yeah. So like I um yeah, I don't get it. And I also don't understand the logic of what well, we have people on the other team. Like either you're trying to win this or you're not, right? I don't like I just don't get it. So I don't I don't see how doing like trimming the lead somehow protects anyone else on the on the other team and intentionally trimming your lead. You well, know I mean, what I mean? The only way to protect someone on the other team is to lose. And and that is not what they should have been trying to do. So I don't get right. it either. Yeah, it was it's just the whole thing was very strange. And uh, you know, like I don't know. Like I feel like the underdog the underdogs are getting what they deserve essentially. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like uh, they say just, it, but in this case, that's the truth. Yeah, they they got what they deserved because they played a foolish game. And again, for Devin of all people to be the guy who's like literally the one helping the other team was shocking to me. Shocking. Yeah. Again, though, like that did not come from him, right? Like everyone else on the team was like, "Hey, we should." Let him. All right, let's just help him out. Well, you know but what I mean? Not, but but again, he was ultimately in control because he was the one with this weird superpower, right? So yeah. he could have just said no. Oh no, you're right. <laughs> he could have just said no. 
Right. But he went with, uh, I'm trying to protect Tori somehow. And I don't, I just, for someone as smart as that, he should know that that doesn't make any sense. That's at right. All. And I That's don't, right. uh, uh, yeah, and, I just don't. I and don't by the way, it. like, if they had had the chance to return the favor, not that the, the, no way they would have. Right. That's what, exactly. What are you getting from this? What are you Nothing. getting from helping? Nothing. Okay, so where does this leave us in the game now exactly? Because it doesn't seem great. No. No. I mean, it leaves us now with teams that... I mean, again, it was already hard to see how the underdogs would compete, right? Yeah, I was disappointed in the lack of underdog branding this week, by the way. Yeah, they sort of let that go, which seems a shame. It was the best thing they did. Yeah, best thing they had going for it. I didn't see the howl once. <laughs> they could have brought Kevin Hart in with the team overdog, team underdog bit. You know, would have been good. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know where this game goes from here. It seems like they, they, they there's a vibe like they want to shake it up again, right? See, it seems like there's something yeah. twisty next week, doesn't there? I I almost think it has to be. Like right now, you've got Tori, Olivia, Casey, Chauncey, Bananas, Anissa. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. I I said Fessy. I I didn't say Fessy. I meant to say Fessy instead of. No, that was it. Fessy in addition, right? So that's yep. your team. I mean, Amber, Anissa, Bananas, Chauncey, Fessy, Casey, Olivia, Tori. That's your team. And the other team is is Jordan, Horacio, Devin, uh, who's even Nani. left on the girls' side? Nani. Nani, right. Yeah, I mean, I guess the thing you could say is, like, an Amber. Did we say Amber? Oh, right, because Amber. Sorry, I said Amber in the other list. I messed yeah. up my list really badly there. You did. Um, You know, like, I guess you could say there's no, there's not really dead weight left on the underdogs. Yeah, you know, no weight at all. <laughs> They're just not as alive as the as the as the, the other team. So, um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. You're going to have to lose. They could have easily won this this event, which I, by the way, I thought was a very good daily challenge, as, as you can tell, TJ did as, as as well. I think it was really psyched to be out there for an entire day. Yes, and it was a good day of competition. I, I mean, I thought it was super entertaining. Um, but yeah, it just does leave us in a weird place that I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens next week. Anything can happen on the challenge, but I feel like some kind of twist has to be forthcoming. I mean, if nothing else, you're down to what? 10 people now? Yep. Yeah. And we still don't, obviously, right. There's a chance for people to come 12, back. I mean, 12 people. Sorry. Mariah's in a very good position to come back. Sure I would is. say that. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm not entirely sure she deserves. And Kenny's uh, not hey, in a bad spot either. Yeah, also true. Also true. <laughs> and also not entirely sure he deserves it either, but uh, we'll see. Um, 
anything else uh, you want to add on this one? I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, but you, do you have a burn of the week? Um, I did have a burn of the week written down. Um, it wasn't a great one, though. Uh, it was Amber <laughs> when it was uh, Fessy versus Jordan. In, uh, like when they initially set it up before you knew what exactly they were going to be doing and you realize like fessy was in big trouble uh was amber saying fessy versus jordan ego 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 (laughs) i was like yep pretty much yeah that that's pretty good i had a self-burn i had uh Tori going, there's not even a shot that I'm the brightest bulb in the box, but I am a bulb in the box. I'm going to give it my best shot. (laughs) Yep. That was a good one. Yep. Yep. Um, uh, Yeah. Bulb in the box. Congrats, Tori. (laughs) Um, Hey, at the end of the day, that's one of the main goals of this game is to stay in that box. uh, So I thought not the most convincing elimination win uh, from Nani this week. I don't know about you. Um, I mean... Yeah, she easily could have lost. Mariah like, that had a was terrible strategy and really like probably still should have won. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I want to shout out to my sister who kind of brought up something to me that I'm not sure that I did not agree with necessarily, but I think is interesting, which is basically that Nani's a worthless player who's been coasting on social game for uh, twelve years. That's her. That's her Nani take. That she's well, not actually good at anything. She's not bad at anything, but she's not really good at anything either. I mean, she's not really good at anything physically. I think that's true. But that doesn't... She's not the only one. No. I will say that when she said that, I was like, I don't know, man. She's like, you know, she's got that... She's a real fighter. She's tough to get out of the game. But, like, her career elimination record is five wins, ten losses. So I'm not even sure that that's true. And most of those wins are with, like, teams or partners yeah and that's the thing is like she does have 32 daily challenge wins but i looked those up and almost all of them are teams or partner things where I don't, it's very hard to find anything she won on her own well that's so, the thing i think nani is better than those stats might suggest and feistier than a lot of people give her credit for and tough but she is not physically particularly good at anything that's accurate yeah, and I would say I would say that does underrate the social game because I think that really matters, and and I don't know if there's well, right. That's why I'm saying being a better contestant at making friends, which is weird because she's you know like really is uh has a pretty low tolerance for catching shit. You know what I mean? Yep. Which usually doesn't sort of lead to that. So no, uh, and I, well, and I would also say like yeah, I mean it, again, you can say there are other people who you could say similar things about. But she has stuck around longer because of her social game, and that's part of the game. You know? Like, she's probably an across-the-board, slightly below-average physical player, but she's a way-above-average social player, and that's, like, maybe not half, but a significant chunk of what this game is about. Yep. Look, and I think being a good social player, or a great social player in her case, I think gets you to a lot of finals. It just doesn't uh, win any for you. It you is know. hard to imagine her winning a final, but you never know. Yeah, and I want to see her keep trying. <laughs> and you know what? Like, I think if it's close, like, honestly, I have a feeling that if it comes down to, like, a situation where 
Casey or Nani could win. I have a feeling that Casey would give it up to help Nani win, right? I mean, she might, but even that is asking a lot. Like, even getting to that scenario, I mean, is asking a lot. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that, for sure. She has been in uh, three finals to this point, though. Yeah, so yeah. I can't take that away. last in every one of them, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But that sounds that sounds right. <laughs> I know she torpedoed Le- uh, Leroy's best chance at winning. Yeah, and torpedoed is maybe unfair, but like she slowed him down. Yeah, but look, she's in great shape. Like if they're if it's a partnered final and she's running with Benaios, that's a great place to be. You know, totally. so that that we'll... this would probably be her best chance if if they can make it that far. So, you know, fingers crossed. Look. Whether it was pretty or not, whether she acquitted herself particularly well or not, Nani won an elimination, and that is what it is about. Stay in the game. That, right. That's how you get to finals is, is, is not getting eliminated. Um, or I guess having a partner who can't get eliminated. Shout out to Mariah. Um, all right. I think that wraps it up for me this week. It was kind of a – I like the challenge itself. Uh, I thought it was kind of yeah, – yeah. We're, we're – we're getting towards the episodes that are going to really matter, and I have a feeling next one's going to next week could be a little bit more impactful in terms of the game. Oh, should we mention TJ's wife? Do you have any thoughts on on TJ's wife making her first appearance on Very the show? Very weird, huh? It was a little weird. <laughs> I, I was sure something more dramatic was going to happen. No, she just kind of came in and, and read some cue cards. Well, I think it felt more like TJ was like, "Hey, my wife's going to be in town. You think she could pop on the show?" And they were like, "Sure." <laughs> yeah, it's it's been twenty years. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, why the hell not? But also, it, it just yeah, yeah, it was a little bizarre. I thought for sure like they were gonna link in the the elimination event to her somehow, or something was gonna happen. But no, just like hey, how's it going? Uh, stick it out, everyone. Good work. See you later. Good, good for TJ. What do they call those? Uh, the the uh uh the. The the like when you're conjugal visits, conjugal visits. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> she didn't like, have to go into the elimination chamber for that, but fair we'll enough. Fly, fly out to Argentina. <laughs> you know, why not? <laughs> Put we, you on the show for ten. We will minutes. allow it. The warden allows it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, Warden Buddha Murray. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, nice to see her. A beautiful young lady. Congratulations all around. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. Always always nice to get to know Tej a little bit mm-hmm. better. Definitely. And it, um, it, it did feel like an oddly familial moment. I'm just not sure why it had to be on TV. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, all right, should we move on to culture? didn't have to be on t- Just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> wait, wait what's your, what are you speaking of that didn't have to be on TV? No, nothing. I, That's I, why I stopped. I, I don't actually have anything to finish that sentence with. Oh, uh, you know, I, well, I can go. I can go with this one because I do think, woo, Ric Flair, uh, which I suggested. Uh, I'm not sure that this needed to be on TV. Um, wow. And I, and I say that not because it was terrible, but because, like, I don't know, 15 minutes into watching this, I'm like, I – I forgot that I had already watched a Ric Flair 30 for 30, and I'm not sure that I'm going to learn anything that I didn't learn in that. And that's kind of how it turned out to be. I'm pretty sure we talked about that Ric Flair 30 for 30 on the show, if I'm if I'm uh, not mistaken. Does that, do you recall that? Uh, I do not. That doesn't mean it didn't happen. I have no recollection of it and, and therefore quite enjoyed this. 
Um, not only do I not, I, I like if we did watch and talk about that, that's actually surprising. Like I forget stuff a lot, but I don't recall knowing the lightning story. Yeah, I really in the thirty for thirty. I think I think I'd heard that before. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying um, to I don't recall now, now knowing player thirty for thirty. I don't recall knowing that he was sort of came out of an adoption. That that part definitely was in there. His childhood stuff and well, I mean, I I may have known he was adopted. I did not know it was like a place that was selling kids to the highest bidder. Like I, I like oh, I, right that part that part I didn't know, but I'm not sure that had a huge impact. Um, you know, on the rest. Well, no, of I'm just I'm just thinking of stuff that was particularly new information to me. I, I so I don't know if I watched the thirty for thirty or not, but came out in 20, 2017, The Ric Flair thirty for thirty is called Nature Boy. Yeah, well, quite honestly, maybe if even if I did watch it in twenty seventeen, I don't quite remember some of the stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. either way, this was pretty much all fresh to me, if not a hundred percent new, and I. I loved it, man. And not only that, but I found myself getting emotional several times, even though obviously I know he's fine. Um, And, uh, you know, I found I I find the story of Ric Flair and the inability to draw a line between character and humanity pretty compelling. Yeah, I mean, look, he's a pretty compelling person. You know what I mean? Just in terms of being the best at what he did and living a sort of a crazy life on top of that. You know what I well, mean? Well, he is familial stuff that that goes in there too. He's one of those lar- truly larger than life characters that I don't know. For me, makes me wonder about. all sorts of cosmic shit, man, because it's just hard to believe. You know what I'm saying? He's one of those true stories that is just straight down to the part where he is, while clearly regretful and conflicted about any number of decisions and and things he's done in his life, still living unapologetically as the limousine driving... You know, private jet <laughs> flying Rick Son Flair, <laughs> and, and and I, I like everything about him is sort of magical, and and that 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 goes straight down to his sort of preternatural ability to do exactly what it took to to make to like supersize the world of professional wrestling. In yeah. so many ways, his essentially artistic choices defined a, a leveling up of the professional wrestling nationally. You know, even though he wasn't technically part of the the foundation of now WWE, I feel like he is a he is a cornerstone turning point of the entire industry. Um. And I think that's why so many people within the industry, you know, look at him as the greatest of all time. Yeah, uh, I think too. You had you. It, it's weird, right? Because you, his career is paralleling this other guy, who 
you know, I would say probably did more to explode the growth of the sport in terms of its, you know, being known. You're Nash- about Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. But also, was clearly not as good at this as he was. <laughs> right? right. Well, and I mean, I think that's the thing, right? It's it's sort of a Nikola Tesla, uh, Thomas Edison situation. Yeah, that's a great, um, that's a great analogy. Yes. And, and and I think that that happens fairly frequently, but that, in again, in some ways, makes him even more compelling because his persona was really that of the other guy, but he was both authentically that absolute insane over-the-top persona as well as you know a genius of things like marketing and branding and it's 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 a remarkable confluence of natural talent right place right time and frankly luck that defies belief yeah with like a little bit of like wade boggs mixed in there a little bit of (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um uh yeah it's interesting like i wonder i sort of wonder if maybe in a different time like could rick flair have been the rock in terms of like yeah crossing over into the mainstream if he had came along and maybe like a little bit of a different point but it's also hard to say that when that kind of happened for someone else while he was doing it you know what i mean so kind of although you know i, I would say what characterizes not just the rock but batista as well is like a legitimacy and actual success of an acting career that certainly um, no other professional wrestler before them, I think. Yeah. Claim. I, think you, I think you would throw John Cena in that group too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think he's probably the clear number three, but sure. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and I think he's quite good as well. I, I think all three of those guys are actually quite good as actors. And, and I do think it takes something to, be convincing in anything other than yourself in in a, such a specific body. So uh, you know, credit to them. And I don't know if Ric Flair really had that because I do think one of the things about him was that his genius was essentially a, a wrestling genius. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, which again, like uh, for me, this was an incredibly compelling documentary, and not so long that I got bored, even if perhaps I knew some of the information already. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying it was boring. I'm just saying it was like it wasn't all that new. It was cool to see Tom Rinaldi show up though, right? <laughs> like I was like, oh, okay. I spent you know, they sort of dropped his name somewhere in the middle of the movie, and I spent the entire time up to then being like, I know that voice. Is it Jeremy Shap? <laughs> Is it Bob Lee? I know it's an outside the lines voice for sure. <laughs> Turns out it was an E sixty voice. It was Tom Rinaldi. Yeah. Yeah. Um all right, um, let's talk about um, white noise. Yeah, I got a feeling this uh, kind of went over like a airborne toxic event. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I just didn't know what to do with this. You know, like uh, this was very Noah Bombacki. I'll say that. It was yeah, so. I, it was so Noah Bombacki. It was almost yeah. Wes Anderson. Yeah, I would. I would exactly. I felt the same thing. You know what I mean? I, the, it, I don't know. It's it, 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 it. It's a little bit of that. It's a little bit maybe of Aaron Sorkin-y almost in a way, right? Where it like. Well, they talked constantly. 
Yeah, like it's so talky and the repartee is so like like dizzying. Yeah, there's a little like, even Gilmore Girls-ishness to some of the uh, back and forth. It's Yeah, like you lose the humanity at some point almost in, well, in terms funny. of these characters, you know? In a lot of ways, this is this movie is the complete opposite. And I guess we said this about Amsterdam too, of, of Banshees of Inishirin. Um But there's an essential way that I think it's probably similar in, in ways that you definitely did not like. And I even, I, I like find ways to enjoy, but it, but I, 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 I can't very well say things that are too nice about it. Cause it's just so bizarre and like broadly philosophical without necessarily any real, uh, <laughs> should we say hard themes you know there's a lot of soft themes if you will um and i think i think like the book i i've read the book and quite enjoyed it and it's the book is also somewhat absurd and broadly philosophical and i think you know at varying moments is going for varying tones and uh sort of focuses in terms of its thematic content. I, I'm I'm wrapping myself up in words here and I realize that. But essentially, you know it's not unlike the book that this movie has sort of hints of um consumerist satire, hints of sort of American military complex satire, uh hints of sort of uh eco I don't know what you would call it, <laughs> satire. But it's it's doing a lot of different things. Higher education, I, too, I would say. Yeah, yeah, higher education for but, sure. But it's and all hints. You know what I mean? It's That's all hints. It's, it's doing a hints. lot of things, and it's not right. necessarily finishing a lot of thoughts. Right. I don't know. It's You know, you'd think that a movie that ends with uh, uh, a dance scene in the grocery store set to LCD sound system would be right up my alley, but... Well, I was that was my note, honestly. <laughs> the only note I wrote down about this movie was I know you enjoyed the the song at the end. <laughs> and like I didn't hate it. Like I'm not like this is not one of those where I'm like this fucking the movie, but like at the same time, like it just never it just didn't add up to anything. It's it feels like less than the sum of its parts somehow. Well, um, and that's the thing for me, is like we keep and this one is not actually not an example. I think this is pretty appropriately rated. I think it's, you know, somewhere in the sixties or something on Rotten Tomato. Um, but we're getting a lot of these movies now that like I sort of feel like if you're a responsible movie reviewer, and maybe this is a absurdist and pretentious thing to say, but I sort of feel like if you're a responsible movie reviewer, even if you loved watching this movie and had a spectacular time, you're kind of you can't very well give it better than like a seven out of 10 because it just doesn't rise to that. It just doesn't, it does. I, I think for me, the concept of like finishing thoughts is the perfect way to think of it. It just doesn't finish any thoughts. It has so many yeah. thoughts for you. And I suppose you might leave the theater thinking about stuff, but like if you're going to be a great film, you've got to finish a couple of them. At least. I, yeah, I, it's hard. I don't like to meet the person who walked out of that and said I had a great time. <laughs> like, like I don't know. It's just it's a thoroughly okay time is is exactly what that is. You know, 
Yeah, but I mean, it does have a certain quirky appeal if that's your thing. Yeah. If, like, too clever by half satire of America is your thing. If could... you enjoy super smart, hyper-literate children, this is an excellent movie for you. Yeah. And, and well, hell, man, as many of those as we see, you'd think someone likes it. Yep. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Um, yeah, I don't know. Let kids be kids. Right, writers of the world. <laughs> can, can we do that? Yes, <laughs> but they're not very interesting characters. Then let me tell you. Yeah, I suppose that's true. I, I suppose that's true. Um, uh, all right, and then uh, the recruit, which I also thought was uh, like it's fine, it's, uh, but but pretty ordinary as a spy thing goes, and I'm not sure that I'm totally convinced by Noah Centineo action hero. What say you? I don't know if I'm convinced by Noah Centineo action hero. I will say I found that he captured what I felt to be the appropriate particular spirit of this role fantastically. Like, I yeah. don't know if I'm He's casting. a charming fellow, you know, for sure. Like, he's charming and also there's a specific – how many of these did you watch? Three, I think. Yeah, I found it totally addictive. I, I finished it. Um, there's you only, finished there's it? There's only wow. eight. Um, okay. But I, for me, he, he is asked to play this very specific, like, extremely competent but committed to going over his head from an experience standpoint guy. And, like, it's, it's a series that's cheesy at times, but I think in terms of capturing who that guy is, is I thought he really did an exceptional job. So I was actually impressed with him. Um, and in general, I would agree with you. It's a ordinary, if I found quite, you know, exciting and, uh, you know, enough cliffhangery to keep me watching to the next one, little spy show. It's not. It's, it's certainly watchable, yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, you know, in the way that the Netflix will just throw in another one at you real quick. Like, it's easy. To, it's pretty easy to keep going. Although, I do think that, like, and you would know better than I, because obviously you, you got the full scope of whatever conspiracy is playing out here. Um, you know, I do think that the plot machinations, uh, after a while, get a little bit like. Okay, you're spinning me this way, you're spinning me that way, in the way that sometimes these spy shows can get. You know what I mean? Um, a little bit. Yeah. And then you toss in that, like, I also think it's like, then they had to make his home life, you know, YA enough friendly to bring that audience along, right? So, uh, and that, that opens the door to some of the cheesiness I think you were talking about earlier. Yes, I think that's right. Um, and there is a, yeah, I mean, there's, it, it's silly in a lot of ways, this show. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I don't think that's outside of its sort of, uh, goal set, if you will. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, you know, I think they're trying to make something accessible. Didn't this, like, if this felt like the kind of show to me that could have existed on network TV in, in a slightly different time, you know what I mean? Maybe, but it would have been slightly less good and funny. Probably true. Probably true. Um, also probably yeah. a little less sexy. A little less sexy, a little less violent, yeah. Um, but still, could I think could have been in that in that space, and I think he's a guy that could have been a network TV star in an era when that meant more. 
Yeah, I think that's probably true of Noah Centineo, yeah. But I I don't know, man. I, I'm not convinced he's not a movie star. I think he's going to get a shot would be my guess. <laughs> so, so we'll see. Although I don't know. It's like, you know, the way movies are these days, you have to put him in a franchise really, right, to get him a, to get him a movie shot, don't you think? Like it's like – well, I mean, he's I don't, I don't technically know you can part of DC. You know what I mean? Oh, he is? He doesn't have a huge uh, part, but he is a character in the DC universe. In what uh, movie? He was in Black Adam. Uh, do we need to talk about that on this show? I haven't watched that. No, I I don't think we do. I hear it's not that good. It's it's fine. It's it's not bad. Um, I didn't dislike it. But it's not like, oh, you should definitely see this. Uh, okay. Well, then I definitely won't. <laughs> yeah. I, I will let you know if you really needed to see it. I appreciate that. That's kind of, it's kind of our job around here, right? Um, it, it does feel a little bit like we are in a, a, a portion of the year where there's not a lot of must-see. Um, particularly if these, if these Oscar sort of films are, are going to continue to flop. Um so uh, let's talk about homework. Um, uh, <laughs> and with that, do, let's get excited to watch some things that are on right now. We do have one of those Oscar Oscar bait movies. It's called She Said, uh, which is going to be on Peacock. Uh, and that is a fictional uh, story about the women who brought down Harvey Weinstein um, with a, a nice cast, including uh, Zoe Kazan. Um, and, How does that uh, work exactly? A fictional story about... Sorry, a dramatization. I ah, guess okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, very, it's because obviously it's real events. Uh, but I meant to say it's not a documentary is what I was trying to say. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. Yes. Yeah. I, I was like, I'm, I thought it was a true story. <laughs> it's a scripted story. <laughs> yes. Is. Yeah, how about that? Scripted, scripted true scripted retelling of the story. Yes. Unlike Last Chance You, which is a documentary, of course. Uh, uh-huh. There's a new season on basketball. We're going to watch that. That's on Netflix. Uh, along with Kaleidoscope, which is also uh, on Netflix, and that's uh, you know people stealing stuff. Yeah, Crime Caper with um, I uh, is it Guillermo um, Giancarlo Esposito? Giancarlo is that? Giancarlo Esposito is the name I'm looking for. I I I just want to say Gus, so I can never remember <laughs> his actual first. And like the fact that it starts with a G. Makes it extra confusing for me. It is amazing because that guy has had a massive career and been many things in 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 many different things that we have watched. A hundred percent, and I definitely know his name. Like, and in fact, it, I think it's possible that before Better Call Saul, even if you had said Giancarlo Esposito, I would have known him as like character actor Giancarlo Esposito. But since Better Call Saul, it's hard not to think Gus Fring right away. Yeah. Yeah, like somehow we have reduced this man who has been in literally dozens of movies since uh, the first one was in 1970. Yeah, no, he is. Uh, yeah, he's been working for 50 years. Now he's Gus. Now he's Gus. Yep, I like it. Um, Love that for you. Congratulations, Giancarlo. So we're watching Gus and crew in Kaleidoscope, and uh, and that's it. That's that's what I got for homework for this week. 
Yeah, sounds good. Um, we're, we got the NFL playoffs coming up too, so maybe we'll do a little NFL playoff preview next week. You know. Yeah, and now the prospect of a neutral site AFC Championship game, weird uh, scene, man. which is going to be very weird. Uh, going to be very weird. Uh, you're not. You're not a fantasy player, right? Uh, no, I I retired from fantasy a year year or two ago. I mean, this game, you know, obviously it's not it's not anywhere close to the biggest thing uh, in terms of the impact of that uh, Bills Bengals postponement. But to have that game on you know get postponed on the final week of a fantasy season, you know what I mean, where everyone's in championship games and you've got two teams with a lot of you know first second round kind yeah, of star. Man on it it, like it's it both it, unprecedented <laughs> it is it's unprecedented and i under and i fully like uh understand the bummer that that is for fantasy players and yet uh, also f- totally underlines the uh, like the absolute silliness of <laughs> fantasy football <laughs> and you know frankly it's remarkable how many people are engaged in such a silly endeavor it is. It is remarkable. It's remarkable how many dumb games I lost because some guy, some good player on my team, got hurt in the first quarter of a game. Yeah. As opposed to the day before. Yeah. And so I don't think it makes any difference that some that I would then lose because the game got postponed because someone who wasn't on my team in any way, shape, or form collapsed in the middle of the game and they had to stop. Yeah. So yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Football, a deeply upsetting endeavor. It is it is a deeply upsetting endeavor. I did find it a little weird that we had the same violence in the game conversation that we would have had if Hamlin was, you know, had suffered some sort of neck or spinal injury or or head injury. You know what I mean? Um, rather than just sort of this random cardiac thing that could have happened to anybody anywhere. It seems like. Oh um, no! Well, I mean it. What I would say is it could have happened to anyone who got hit really hard in the chest, right? But that that's almost even scarier than some of the other things. For I guess. I thought that they they decided that I wasn't connected. But Oh, did they? I'm not sure. Yeah. But I don't but I don't know. Um it's either way. You know, I mean like I don't know. It just seems like there are a lot better examples of the of the violence of this game. Well, I mean, uh, I don't think it's an exa- I don't think the conversation around this was ever like, oh, there's something we have to fix in football. So much as just it is a reminder that like we we talk about trying to fix head injuries and trying not to make dangerous plays, but it, it, there's only so much you could do. It is by nature a violent and dangerous sport. Endeavor, right? And then, right, exactly. Unless you're gonna make a flag, um, and even then, right, like. You're not you're not eliminating the possibility of people hurting themselves. Right? No, and and frankly, you just can't say. You, if, if if the rule has to be don't hit anyone too hard in the midsection, you can't play football. Right. So, so it's that's yeah. I mean, that, uh, I would say that's why they get paid the big bucks, but probably not as big as they should be, and they certainly don't get the health care they should. So. And look, we watched a guy in the Euros, you know, nearly die in a field in a cardiac incident, which he was yep. completely untouched, right? So yep. it's like, you know, I don't know. You know what's dangerous is life. Living. Yeah. <laughs> and it all ends the same way, too. It's a damn shame. Yeah. Yeah. Eventually it just stops happening, I guess, right? So, um, all right. Um, and on that lovely note, <laughs> you're all going to die. We'll see you back here next week. 
Yeah, but hopefully you guys won't die very soon. Bye-bye. This game's in the Admiral refrigerator. The door is closed. The light's out. Butter's getting hard. The eggs are cooling, and the jello is jiggling. So long, everybody. And do me a favor. Have yourself a tremendous evening.